Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Stops until you do. Blame stops until you do. Do your major duty and call right back again. Time gets to me and I. The air apparent just might try. Malcolmus is a highly esteemed and prolific American songwriter, musician, and singer currently based in the state of Oregon. Malcolmus was a founder and the primary creative force in the influential rock band Pavement, and after they initially ended a 10-year run together in 1999, he began a remarkable journey of his own, forming a backing band called The Jicks and releasing seven acclaimed albums. The latest Stephen Malcolmus and the Jicks record is both fun and confrontational in its own way. It's called Sparkle Hard. It's out in North America via Matador Records, and it has prompted the Jicks to play concerts around the world, including in a city near you, I'm guessing. Stephen and I had a talk just after the Portland Trailblazers were eliminated in four games from the 2018 NBA playoffs and just before the Toronto Raptors finally won their own series against the Washington Wizards. And so we talked about that. We talked about Sparkle Hard. Uh, we talked about uh, working on this uh, new song from Sparkle Hard with Sonic Youth's Kim Gordon. We talked about the recent spate of uh, pavement reunion rumors. And we talked about many more things. With in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, and Planet of Sound locations in Ottawa and Toronto, and via flexible monthly pledges by listeners like you, 
at patreon.com slash creative control. This is the 392nd episode of Creative Control featuring Stephen Malcolmus with your host, me, Vishkana. Hi, Stephen. How are you? I am awesome. <laughs> great. It's great to speak with you again and have you back on the show. I, I would like to begin. I, I can't wait to talk about this new record. It's amazing. Congratulations on that. I should say that, first of all. Well, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> I like hearing positive stuff. <laughs> well, I want to begin, though, by first uh, asking, uh, as I often do with my guests, where in the world are you as we're speaking right now? I'm in my. Uh, kitchen and I'm in Oregon and I'm just hunched over my my phone uh, <laughs> it's, it's on um, speaker and I'm just doing the splits but not full splits and I'm just sitting here with a new dog I got a new dog oh what's the yeah. dog what's the dog's name magic <laughs> or madge <laughs> yeah it's gonna be the kids wanted to call her lulabelle but there's too many Lulus in this world. You probably don't know that if you're not a dog owner in Portland. But, um, <laughs> but since really we do all the work, we get the namer. So that's that's what she's called. You know, one of the great controversies in the NBA was the naming of the Orlando Magic. Just as a name, people thought that was bad. Do you have any thoughts on that? Eh, it's not great, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know where the magic is in in Orlando, except for it's in Disneyland. Is is it somehow Disneyland related? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't think of it as a place where maybe it's you know where magicians retire or <laughs> or the Magic Hall of Fame is there or something. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I don't think that's it's not the worst name though either. I just take it for granted. So it can't be that bad, and it's not as bad as uh, the Reds. Didn't um, Toronto like uh, hockey team change their name or something? No, no, no. We have the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Toronto Raptors. They're inoffensive names. That's, that, that's what I saw. The Raptors. So there's two teams in Toronto. No, 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 Are, no, 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 no. The Raptors are the basketball team. Oh the, yeah, the Leafs, sorry. Leafs are I the thought, ho- I, thought, I know that. I just spaced out. <laughs> I I swear I saw something where I saw a Toronto team that I didn't recognize. The uh, the name of them, and I thought that would be so weird if they changed the name from the Maple Leafs because that's just a great name. It's a good name, yeah. I, maybe way back in time, I can't remember the Leafs' original name. It was probably like the Marlboros or something, but I don't really think there was anything. I, yeah, I, I must have just mis misread something, or like I also there's a team in Las Vegas that I didn't, you know, I was I couldn't even I saw them playing on the um playoffs and it looked like it was Vancouver or something because just the three three number the three letters they had was like V was one of the first the first number and I was like Vancouver doesn't have a team <laughs> that I know of 
that's called that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the name controversy is something. I, I did want to, again, uh, you know, we'll talk about the record in a bit, but I know you're a sports guy. I'm sorry about the Trailblazers. That must have been heartbreaking. How's the city doing uh, with that I, news? I, I think, I mean, the team, there's something, when I was watching those games, I mean, I was finding myself rooting for New Orleans, which is, that's a bad sign. Oh, you know? yeah, the, yeah. The way they, they were playing... I love seeing Drew Holiday come through, you know, and and Anthony Davis, you know, he's just a force of nature. He's so fun to watch, and and Miritich as well, just hitting every shot. I, you know, I couldn't, you know, they just got destroyed, and and they looked very Portland looked very predictable, and just the thing, the one on one, their their concept was old world and looked dead and I don't know. They just seemed like they were ready to go. Yeah. So I was okay with it, you know. It's I don't know. I'm I'm I like all teams just about if they're cool, you know, I don't really have a team. I hate to say Portland would call me a traitor that way, but I you know, I just uh uh, I like some of the Raptors. I'm a big Kyle Lowry fan. Although I heard he can be he's a he can be a bit of a grump. Mm-hmm. When you uh, interview him and stuff, or take his photos, but he's got a big heart. That's the word on Kyle, on Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a particular fan of Kyle Lowry here as well, and I'm with you. I I like I don't uh, like I feel like it's all laundry. Like I don't cheer for a specific team. I like I mean I'm partial to the Raptors in in this playoffs, of course, and I'm partial to the Raptors generally just because of regionalism, I guess, but. Generally, once like uh, I gather, like me, if my team, the one I want to win, is eliminated, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop watching the playoffs. I'm going to keep watching the playoffs because I like the sport more than I care about the teams. Yeah, the Utah, Utah, and Oklahoma City is like the most exciting uh, thing going on right now. Because, well, I guess LeBron James had a great game the other night, but yeah, uh, last night. But uh, yeah, just watching those two teams go at each other, it's a, another level of. Uh, you know they don't like each other. So that's that's kind of enjoy- enjoyable. You know, when, <laughs> when you see uh, just chippy play and vibes. You know, um, I guess that's what I come to it for. Come for in the playoffs, and there'll certainly be some of that coming later on when Philly potentially meets you guys, and uh, that'll that'll be really exciting. Um, yeah, we it's it's been difficult to watch this series. I have to say the the Raptors series. It's uh it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of talk about they don't you know they have a long bench and it's going to be unnecessary. Part of their strength is the depth. Although uh, Van Vliet's been hurt, but I I I can see I can see them just sort of disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> the tips are down. but we'll, we'll see you know we'll, we'll see I, I i don't know i i didn't have them going to the finals but i wouldn't mind if they did you know the, the, i mean the, the raps you mean you think the raps could yeah just... the rap okay yeah I, I i mean i just see all these abaca and val Sunis, if that's how you say his last name i mean they just they disappear they've always been these guys that they just disappear yeah you know like uh when you most need it, like where are they? You know, I just, I don't know. So that uh, and I I I think of Kyle Kyle as a total mensch, you know. But I haven't <laughs> been watching closely 
what he's uh, doing this year. You know, I haven't seen his his stats. Don't seem to be like exploding this year, like yeah, some years when he was a ball. But he's also taken a different role. You know, that's you know he's a team player and uh, and uh, he's not. He can be like the most epic ball hog and like put up sick numbers, like almost Westbrookian style numbers. You know, with yeah. better threes and stuff. But uh. So, you know, it's working, obviously. They're the number one seed, and, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I guess we should move, move on. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I just I, I know you like sports. I wanted to talk about basketball a little with you. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, I, I it's just fast. I think these playoffs are fascinating because after the three-peat final, you know, every, and not, yeah. now it just seems like anyone could win. Anything could happen. I just thought that was interesting. Me too. I'm hoping for Phil. I'm Personally, I'm a... I'm a uh, Hoping for the Sixers to make it, and I expect them to lose to Golden. State. I think Golden State's going to pull through eventually, but yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, It'll be interesting. Well, I want to begin talking about your music by uh, beginning with Middle America because it was the introduction to Sparkle Hard for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the single came out in February, and I, I don't want to overflatter you, but I have to say, almost immediately, I felt like this was one of your greatest songs. It felt that way. Like I just thought melodically musically lyrically it just got to me and i'm a fan of yours and i follow your your work and i i I, I just really appreciate this song i I wanted to say that thanks uh you know it was one i had kicking around for a couple years and you're not the only one like when i had these demonstrations of the songs uh, chris who recorded it with us you know he's like that song i really that one yeah that's great you know it's gonna be uh everyone's going to like that one. And I like that one, you know, he's, so I, I'm, you know, I don't really even know what, uh, sometimes is my strengths, you know, people, we try to play out of our, um, like you try to break out of some of your core, uh, things that come really easy to you sometimes. I'm not saying it came so easy to me, but things that kind of flow out of flow. I mean, that was, that's, for whatever reason, that one just sort of was like a flu- flow flows right out of me type number, mm. um, and so you know maybe I'm not as uh, like thinking that's the best thing because I'm just like well that's easier, that's uh, done that before or something. But then again, you know when it affects people, when it affects uh, the audience, then you're like oh well that's. I should listen to that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I know you say you're not you can't be objective about your strengths, but it has occurred to me recently in the stuff that I make that I've kind of landed in a place where I'm like I'm pretty sure I know the best article I've written now. I, I'm up to this point. I'm pretty sure I know the best interviews I've done or the best documentaries I've made. Are you at that point where you can objectively know maybe like is there an era? Is there a record? Is there a song that you think is like particularly like a like a, a landmark achievement for yourself? I know this can be awkward because it's hard to be objective. But do you have a song or a, a, a point in your career where you're like, that's that I got it that time. That time I kind of nailed it. Well, I think the song that you're talking about, uh, Middle America, it, to me it relates to some songs that I've done like. Uh, there's one on Face the Truth called Freeze the Saints, and then there's 
watery there's a ep called watery domestic of pavement there's like shoot the singer the song and then mm-hmm. Zer- zerk is stained off the uh slanted and enchanted to me that song fits in that realm maybe because of the tuning and the pace and the really simple drums and it's just kind of carried by melody i see so that that's what that song relates to me in that style and uh anyway that's that's where i see it okay so if you like if you like those songs you would like this song um or you can go back and listen to those songs too <laughs> if you want if you like middle of it well i want to ask you about little jangly and this open c tuning um open g tuning um that that that's how i see it Okay, so structurally, you're pointing to kind of a, suct- a structural th- through line, almost. Yeah, those kind of songs, they are in a, um, the key, the um, the chords, the the chord relations, and the, the melody, and it being, uh, those are very similar to me. There's It goes like, yeah, G, C, uh, B minor, you know, it's like got these... Uh, this this relation um hmm. okay okay i don't they're they're like uh yeah <laughs> that's what i, <laughs> no, no, I hear and it's like no keyboards just guitar and bass is like almost irrelevant there's no bass on those other some of those other ones but it's it's kind of like definitely voice and acoustic guitar you can play it on acoustic guitar and it sounds good still it's a beautiful it's a beautiful evocative song i want to ask you a little bit about it sort of conceptually this notion of middle america i I wonder socially politically (laughs) geographically what is that you're i think of you as a coastal guy you know california new york pacific northwest at least like well what does this concept of middle america mean to you in this day and age well in in point of the actual song the title was just it's a working title that i put on um on the Pro Tools file of the demo. And I was just like, ah, you know, I was just like, this song's kind of straightforward and middle, just, just an av, just another song. You know, oh, like, okay. Okay. <laughs> but when I think of middle America, I mean, I do think in terms of, we do have here and probably in Canada, we you know you won't have an East Coast like our East Coast. Maybe it stops in Toronto or Montreal, but then you have like the West Coast, Vancouver. Uh, we we have that. We have you can look at it the way the people vote. You know, there's the demo, the more lefts on in the two coasts, uh, not the southern coast, but uh, hmm. New York and Boston, and then. Uh, and then it's scooped out in the middle a bit, if you don't count uh, Minnesota and Chicago and uh, maybe Denver or something, you know, and yeah. Austin. Yeah. You know, it's kind of more, uh, the middle is a bit more conservative and and can potentially economically taxed, uh, like uh, in, in an economic backwardization or something you know um sure so and yeah music (laughs) the way people mix music too is the same way sometimes we scoop scoop the middle and keep the highs and lows (laughs) that's uh 
the way it is. And rock and roll is more mid-rangey, you know, and it can... Someone told me they were listening to rock and roll in their Beats headphones, and the Beats headphones are not nice to rock and roll. Evidently, they yeah yeah they're EQ'd to uh, make make guitar music sound crappy. Yeah, um, yeah. And I haven't actually listened to them for that, uh, and I don't you know I haven't mixed records to appeal to the Beats headphone. Although <laughs> lots of people are listening to them. Yeah. More people are listening to beat headphones than they are rock and roll. So, <laughs> yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, I, I feel there's like contemporary tinges on this record that we'll get to, but I want to actually begin by asking you about the the sort of modern promotion. I noticed you've been having some fun uh, from the uh, Jix Twitter account and the various social media platforms, just kind of <laughs> getting stuff out there. I'm I know you're a creative person. I know you like messing with people a little bit are you enjoying uh the the promotion uh, the creative aspects of promotion in this day and age uh well you know yeah <laughs> it, it, back in the day there was a you know you could sort of not exist on online and and uh people actually still took the effort to uh find out about you mm-hmm. but but now it doesn't seem like you're online or the the digital interaction you have with people is necessary and like it's kind of if you don't exist there you're you're you you don't exist or something or whatever sure. you know so you might as well uh, you know yeah I, I, you know, I find myself more engaged with my computer, like in the last fifteen years, than I ever imagined I would be. So hmm. that's all. It's and I don't mind, you know. I just think it's what we're becoming, and so in the eventuality that we're going to be, you know, having a computer implant in our eyes or something so we don't even need we don't even need a cell phone which will come i i you know it'll come probably i don't know when but 50 years or something um well you 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 seem to allude to what's going on a little bit throughout the record on bike lane there's this song and one of the verses is uh by the way my wife fell in love with bike lane thought it was funny and then i explained some of the verses to her and she's like oh (laughs) Oh. Yeah, so it's catchy tune, I think. Well, we're yeah. big, we're we're progressive bike lane advocates, right? In Guelph, and and uh, my wife and I for sure. And uh, so she just thought that was really funny. And then I explained the li- the lyrics for those who don't know. Like the sec, the first verse is the cops, the cops that killed Freddie, sweet young Freddie mm-hmm. Gray. You're getting into pretty serious stuff there and the kind of juxtaposition between caring about quinoa and bike lanes and the reality that some yeah. people actually face. But the line, I, the, 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 the second verse uh, is about um, uh, poor cops so busy. Uh, I'm just paraphrasing here. From the street to the station, now they got an audience. And I kind of thought of camera phones and surveillance and how that's kind of flipped. We used to be really paranoid about government and police surveillance i think and now we are the surveyors aren't we well yeah i mean uh it's in a way it's of course yeah it's good we we're seeing things that we didn't want to see we're forced to uh 
interact with things that we don't, we'd rather just put out of our minds, you know, like it, yeah, and that's a good thing, you know, you know, it's like when you saw like early feeds, like sometimes when, I mean, I haven't been watching Toronto, you know, what, with this like incel loser, yeah, four man loser guy, which I'm really worried about those, that situation, the, these angry men that can't get laid that are planning to like take people out when they go down or whatever. But I'm just saying you, there's probably like video footage of it actually happening and like people dying on, on video. Mm. Cause like sometimes you, I find, you know, like I'll just be looking on Twitter and like the Bataclan thing or something. You like, you know, you you see people getting shot or something on t- like you know, see the actual feeds of these things, and it just like does your head in, obviously, or it just you, hits you uh, in this really uh, primal, gross place and changes you, mm-hmm. and you can't ever unsee it. Um, that's a different story. That's not to be. That doesn't have anything. To, I'm glad, you know, obviously that we we see these video cameras of police acting like idiots and taking advantage of the uh, culture and, or, you know, just acting like they always have. Um, And now we get to see it and maybe stop it, hopefully, or there's some outrage. Well, I I do hear the conflict in you, though. Like on the song Rattler, which you sing in auto-tune, the first line is you remind me of Facebook doom and uh and you sound you sound like the kind of cyborg that we all are now. I, I don't think there's any disputing that anyone with a smartphone is basically a cyborg. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, I know. But it's it's, yeah. it's it's such amazing it's an amazing feat and yet it's destroying us and yet it's enhancing us. It's very confusing having these things. It's yeah, it's like we're not ready for it, you know, sort of our evolution hasn't caught up maybe with with things that I'm I'm sure it hap I mean it's happening all yeah. the time. Yeah. Probably in a different way when we first got television or books even. You know, people thought reading novels was uh going to be a morally uh corrupt young women or something, you know? And now we just beg people to please read a novel. I don't even care if it's, you know, got sex in it. You can read whatever you want, kid, you know, as long as you're reading and not looking like blindly lights on your Instagram uh, like a zombie. But so, yeah, I think it's true. Yeah, I don't think, I think we're not entirely like mentally caught up to what it to handle the stimulation i don't know do you do you i i read a, an interview with you recently i think i believe it was an interview or i don't know if it was from a press release where you, you talked about how sparkle hard was kind of a refinement a way of keeping things direct uh as a band as a as a singer and a songwriter and i think you alluded to the fact that you thought attention spans are, are shorter now and i'm I'm a bit confused by that notion. You just mentioned books, and when you think about it, some of the biggest news stories of the past four or five months have been Michael Wolff's book about the White House, James Comey's book about Trump, 
podcasts are a big thing, binge watching, like this notion of here's a bunch of stuff you're going to have to focus on and people do it. People listen to podcasts and and they're there it feels like books are changing your particularly your country like people are pointing to books which i found heartening uh because i agree with you on some level but i'm also it just be talking about the book they're like where does the real energy like most of the energy is is uh comes from just like thought pieces or you know yeah and uh I don't know who's even actually going to read those books. I mean, I I like to read still. Like, for instance, I'm reading, but I also read trash. You know, I'm reading like a book about the Velvet Underground. It's about, you know, I'm just reading articles about the Velvet Underground when they actually came out, what people said. I just, I bought it for like $5 at the, the grocery, at the bookstore waiting for my kids yeah. to get out of school. And so it's, yeah, like, and... I'm totally into, I'm just having a blast reading about people digesting the Velvet Underground as they actually happen instead of hagiography about that we know now. Everyone talks about how big they are or something and how amazing yeah. and what people actually thought of them. Hmm. That's a different world, you know, like it's really cool. People are so pumped, you know, I'm sure people are <laughs> On on web on websites, if I can go to Reddit and read about Swift John Stevens, there's maybe someone just as pumped. But like some of these people are really, and they're also like disgusted by it too at times or whatever. One of their first shows they played, it's really cool. So the psychology, the psych, this uh, group of psychiatrists in New York, they. Uh, they have like a yearly event where they maybe would have Paul Tillich read or an intellectual at the time. So they got Andy Warhol to uh, bring the exploding plastic inevitable to their dinner. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, they're psychiatrists. So psychiatrists think of themselves as pretty hip, you know, relative to other fields. Yeah. You know, they're always looking for a new angle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whatever, so like, and uh, so yeah, they play and like. There's really funny comments that people are not into it because you know they are also have to drive back to Connecticut or Long Island after this dinner, <laughs> right? And so they most of them leave early and you know they just have a Excedrin gets mentioned. That's what they need for the Velvet Underground, which is Excedrin, <laughs> the painkiller. I, I don't know if they still sell it. Do you know this notion that you're referring to here? Kind of absence makes the heart grow fonder. Time kind of recontextualizes things. Did you not experience that, or have you not experienced that with pavement? Yeah, I, I hope so. You know, I like it. Yeah, you know, that would be uh, when people. I I think most groups, you know, we do want to uh, be successful in the here and now, but you know, you always have this hope that um, what you did w would be um, stand the test of time and would only get better with age, yeah. like a fine wine. Um, <laughs> and I see, you know, whenever I see a younger follower on Twitter or on a message board that is a, t a teenager or a college kid that's into pavement, you know, that warms my heart. I love that. Mm. 
Re- recently, when we were playing in New York, we played on a TV sh- on a radio show with uh, Chris Thiel. I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, but he's he's a host of uh, Prairie Home Companion, mm-hmm. and we were wa- Jake and I were the drummer. We were walking like about five blocks from the uh, show, and there was like two kids that were um, in a hatchback. Sorry for the dog barking. They were they were sitting in like a Toyota Corolla hatchback on a very busy street on a um, you know it's down it's cent- Midtown Manhattan near Forty Second Street and they were just like chilling out with the hatchback open. They were sitting in the back. Maybe they had beers or something. I don't even know. But it was like a very weird place to hang out. And one of the kids had like a homemade slanted. So the, I looked at this boy with long hair and he had a homemade slanted enchanted t-shirt on and i just like shook his hand and just kept walking i don't even think he <laughs> went to the show i don't know what he was doing uh, but you know that's the kind of thing where you're, you're like makes it makes you happy it's like wow you know this person all these years later got into it and here you know it was like trippy or something well, this this brings me back to Sparkle Hard because, like I alluded to this this uh, article or interview that you did, where you wanted to keep it direct, uh, keep the keep the songs more direct, and and again, sort of cater a little bit to what you viewed as limited attention spans these days. I'm wondering how that manifested itself. Like, what is the impulse to rein something in, and what were you reining in exactly? In I don't your- think I was like. I think uh, that's a little misunderstanding. I think it was more like. Um, personally listening to the songs and listening to some tunes that I've done before where I I think I missed the mark or like I, um, I did them once in sound in a, we would like do one recording, one rehearsal of it in the rehearsal room and it would sound good. And then I'm just, I just was like, okay, that's good then. So, you know, like Mm -hmm. I would just kind of trust my first, uh, I was like, I didn't think about it anymore because, like, I got a feeling off it that everyone agreed on in the room. And then, like, I went on to record it. And I didn't, you know, I didn't really examine it anymore after that. I just like, well, I'm just going to record that now and Hmm. because it's good. So when I say that, I think I was just like, I took more time to... uh, do some demonstrations of the songs and and listen to what was good about them and take a little more time to uh, um, vet vet the material. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just uh, anything that I was purifying or cutting down. You know, it was more either songs that I decided not to do or just really simple things like taking a verse out or not doing too many overdubs that didn't need to be there or something. I'm sometimes doing more overdubs that didn't need to be there. <laughs> Maybe. So yeah, that's, I guess that's all I meant. I, I don't necessarily, you know, attention spans is a hard thing because you can have a 20 minute song that's very repetitive and it, it's just great, you know, so yeah. that you, it's music that requires less of your attention really you know because it it's background music and so it's you know i i think people attention span is a hard thing because if you're 
being really like demanding people's attention while you're doing everything, then you better be good. You know, you better be like, it better really um, get your attention. So, or else it's just going to sound preachy or you're just going to be, I don't want to hear that person anymore. <laughs> I'd rather listen to this. This is kind of chilling in the background when I drive and I can, you know, be microdosed high and just listen to this. And Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I think sometimes when we hear people make sort of general statements like that, that one, and I understand what you're saying, like maybe that it was sort of misconstrued on some level, but I sometimes think we speak generally about the culture, but we're really talking about ourselves and how we engage. So maybe that's definitely true. Yeah. Everything is, uh, yes. Whenever you think you're talking for about someone else, you're usually talking about yourself. Yeah. So I think it speaks maybe to your own interest and concern about not the state of music per se, but you're just like in your own practice, what you'd want to hear and what you'd want to, you can do and make things that you'd want to hear and what you relate to, but you can also talk about it in terms of how it might fit in the broader culture. That's true. That's a good, I think that's true. I mean, when you're doing interviews, I mean, you know, it's some, first of all, you might just say something you don't even might just go down a rabbit hole of justifying or end up saying stuff you don't even mean to say. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> two. And it's it's like a second, it's a double, uh, it's like there's two, there's two rivers. There's a river of the album is just, it is what it is. And then, you know, you go off on this other river, which is for a couple months talking about it and justifying it or working on some sort of hypnotism, hypnotizing yourself <laughs> as to why it's good when really you just did it, you know, like just doing your thing, mm-hmm. like playing music is uh, all of us that do it, you know, we're just kind of unconscious um, or like feeling the, uh, uh, pruning the, un- like, uh, like the hedges, clipping the hedges around the unconscious to make it presentable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it too. I, I, I can see that. I can see that for sure. One of the things people have been talking a lot about uh, for Sparkle Hard in terms of the, the record is, is Kim Gordon's appearance on the song, yep. on the song Refute. And I'm just curious about that relationship uh, between you two. And, and I want to... Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
I begin just, I presume, because she has been doing things longer than you, that your first encounter with Kim was as a fan. Is that right? Yeah, I was a big fan of uh, the album Bad Moon Rising. Mm-hmm. Um, that When that came out, um, I think there was like a kid, I went down to Southern California and there was like, I had some punk fa- friends. They were kind of tough, like even... Like Orange County heroin shooting mean fuckers, and they're like, and I remember one of them said, you know, there's this band Sonic Youth, and I don't know how he heard of them because he was like Orange County skate punk guy, and he's like, they're just like badass, and then so I, I heard, I so I got this album, and I was yeah, I was really into uh, Brave Men Run and. Mm-hmm. And uh, Death Valley '69. So these songs, and the album looked cool, and I was named after a Creedence song. I love Creedence. <laughs> so, that was early, you know, and I, I liked them. And then they came out with like. Uh, then I went to college, and I heard like Evil and Sister. Those records are great. Like that song, Schizophrenia. So I, I like them a lot, and. Camp. So later on, anyway, so I was a fan of them. Yeah. And indie rock in general of that time of Dinosaur Jr. and Mud Honey and, uh, and well, all kinds of stuff. The Clean, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On them, Wire. So then time passed and Pavement toured with them and I became friends with Kim and Thurston and Lee Ronaldo, who's totally awesome, and Steve. They're all nice people, and we did some touring with them. They were touring on Dirty, this album called Dirty, which was their kind of major label gambit after Nirvana. Um, they after made after Goo, after Goo as well. I think Goo yeah, also Goo did. Was, Goo was Goo, but then Nirvana happened. And yeah, then there was you know there was a big push on Sonic Youth at that time. Yeah, some money being spent. And it was exciting to be tour with them. So and then, so yeah, I've known Kim after that, and Thurston, and all of them. Keep in touch. Like whenever they come to play here, I'll go see them. So when Kim was like, okay, so when this song, we had the song. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. Song, the song. Uh, Refute, which I I had sang like both verses on, and um, it didn't sound it sounded fine, but it was like how do we how do we tweak this up a, a notch? I think Chris, you know, I was like because it had a he's it had a woman's voice from a woman's perspective. The second line is like we should get a woman to sing on this yeah. because you know it'll be it'll be better, and so started running through my mind. And I really at first hadn't thought of having Kim do it because it was a country song. And, you know, I just was like, I don't know. <laughs> I asked uh, about, I sent some emails to somebody, some people that didn't get through. And then I was like, you know, then I just dawned on me that I could get Kim. I could ask Kim, Kim to do it. She lives in Los Angeles and... You know, we're in touch on email and yeah. it's like it's 
good to ask a friend and I sent her the song. She's like, it's funny. I'll do it. And I was like, whoa, that's awesome. You know, it's just like that. She was like, I'm up for doing it. And so did she have much input? Like you say, you, you'd written the song. Did she have much input in the, in, into the lyrics or the phrasing or anything? No, the lyrics were done and I had my, I sent her the rough and, uh, with me singing it. And she was like that, th- those lyrics are funny. I'm into it. You know, I, I think, uh, I like to give it a shot. You know, I'm up for it. Just I want to see your kids. Right. You know? It was kind of like you double, you double the um, and make it into a social thing. She likes it up here too. And um, right, so it's a kind of a social. It was more of an excuse to do something social and yet have a practical purpose. That is true. <laughs> That's probably how a lot of expense accounts go in the in the corporate world or something. <laughs> And that, that for us, that's what it is. We so she came up and then she's like, just laid it down. Like she did it once, and we're like, do it one more time with feeling or whatever. <laughs> she she did it even better. You know, singing is always like that. It takes like one. You can do like first takes of songs in a group thing, and it's great. But usually singing, you know, you have to get a little sweaty or warmed up. Or in the, you have to start projecting that you're not just like in a basement by yourself. <laughs> well, <laughs> so you, yeah, yeah, I hear that. You and Kim end up, uh, I believe you both end up singing this line that I want to ask you about. Marry on children, but be aware the world doesn't want you anymore. This seems perfect for both of you. It's pessimistic and optimistic at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the song, I mean, I've been, you know, we've been, it's, common knowledge that uh, perhaps the way that our uh, economic situations are and stuff or that the home doesn't need necessarily maybe to be a nuclear family as much or it's not as practical in uh, in terms with the way we worked today, the way our economy is. So I, I was, and yeah, I mean... Maybe it's not necessary to get married anymore. <laughs> a coupling of monogamy coupling is not practical. So that's all that is. Yeah, some people say that they told me that it was like, oh yeah, you know, Kim Gordon and Thurston, they they got divorced and oh right, and that's about them or something. It's like no, I mean, it was just a song. It wasn't. I didn't have Kim in mind at the start, and you know. There's nothing to do with that. Yeah, no, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't read, didn't read it that way myself. Good, good. <laughs> just a fun. T- it's a good tune, and she really does a good job singing it. And I, I just, um, I'm really glad how it turned out. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, and it's really cool to finally do something proper with Kim. I played it. I played at a thing for her. She had a. Um, at the kitchen, it's this art space in New York. They had a Kim Gordon, um, celebrate Kim Gordon and uh, Dan Graham, this other artist. And I played at that like a year and a half or two years ago. Yeah. Um, also, the Raincoats played and the Feelies. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, it was like a benefit type thing uh, to, to benefit the kitchen and focus on her um, lifetime achievements pretty cool nice 
Well, yeah. she's a hero of mine and the only member of Sonic Youth I've never formally interviewed, I think, which is something I want to remedy at some point. So I'm going to... surprised. They're all good to talk to. I mean, Lee is uh, awesome. Well, Lee, great yeah, Lee's, Lee's been on the show, I think, three times, and I've interviewed him many times before the, I had this show. And uh, yeah, the last time we did like a track-by-track track breakdown of his most recent record, and it was really fun. And I think helpful for him, he told me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I enjoy it. Speaking of, of lyrics, I don't know if you heard about this, but... Earlier in the year, I actually made a, a little documentary about Bright in the Corners. I and I, uh, I did hear about that. Oh, you did? Yeah. And did you did you check it out at all? I didn't listen to it yet because I'm afraid to listen to anything. I won't be listening to this either because <laughs> I just don't can't listen to things about myself. I don't know. It doesn't work for me. No, no. So I read about things, but when I hear it. You know, like I was on this Mark Maron podcast, this very popular podcast, and I don't think it was very, I could tell it wasn't going that well during the interview, <laughs> but still, Mark Maron, I, I like Mark Maron, we, we, we're friends and stuff, but I think it was a little bit boring. And I, I'm afraid, you know, I was like, you, you kind of know when people don't really say like, that was awesome, that it wasn't good. I'm not saying... What you're doing wouldn't be good, but I'm just saying that, sure. yeah, I didn't. Anyway, long way of saying I didn't listen to No, it. no, no, that's fine. By the way, how's this going so far? I hope it's going good. I'm maybe not talking fast enough as usual. I'll edit it and speed you up at the same time, if you like. Thank you. Yeah, no. My point was, uh, in that documentary, because we were talking about your lyrics a second ago, Bob Mistanovich and Steve West uh, said something interesting to me and at the they said at the time that you often would get lyrical inspiration and ideas from games of scrabble is that true i don't think so i mean i would say that you know it opens scrabble can uh open up your mind to words or just thinking about words but it's a different way i mean you can't really put them together for instance, I don't think there's a song on, st- on stereo that says like Quasar or Kaiser. Yeah. Cyst. I don't think those were words I played in Scrabble. I think I was just, you know, rapping or something, my version of rapping. And I don't know if Scrabble helps. I still play <laughs> on my phone. You know, I usually have some games going with random people on the on the internet that are in my ranking area. But I don't, I don't know if it... I don't think it really helps. Uh, well, I, I will, you're you're the time suck, you know. But you're, like one that, yeah, like, no, I I hear you there. You're such an esteemed lyricist, and I I think that uh, I think some of us just wonder where where it comes from. So it's fascinating to me because in the documentary, I specifically say that Quasar totally sounds like a word you'd get in Scrabble right off the bat. You know, you'd get your yeah. <laughs> I mean, Q words are gonna going to be uh, certainly on your mind if you play Scrabble, um, especially ones without a U. Yeah. But that has a U in it, so it would be more, you would find that right away. But words like Trank, T-R-A-N-Q, or Quanat, K-N-Q-A-N-A-T, you know, those are ones that you will remember more often. And right. And hopefully 
use. So, um, so if not Scrabble, is there? Do you engage in some kind of wordplay to just keep your your you know your your practice sharp, so to speak? No, no. I I I mean now I uh, as I scan my Twitter or other online things or books, I, if I see a phrase or some jargon that that interests me, it's the way it's put on. I'll just put it on my notes in uh in my phone and maybe revisit that for inspiration or if i have a song that doesn't need a narrative that doesn't ask for a narrative i have a you know sometimes i'll just scan those you know i'll just sing those things in uh there's one song on the album the last song is called let the meat vows it's kind of a mm-hmm. mash of things i took off the internet um you know, it's not, I wouldn't necessarily call it creative. It's more like uh, just flowing with interesting words and concepts that I, or things that made me cackle. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a very funny record and, and you get to some stuff that is, you know, I think deep and dark. and But at the same time, I, I actually, I came away from Sparkle Hard thinking it was amusing on many levels. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's, the words are telling a story, the music's telling a story, I mean, the music, hopefully the music is, you know, that's a little more uh, intense, the lyrics can be too, but, you know, music is, is, uh, I don't know, it's dark. Yeah, it is, it is, it's a dark, it's a dark. That's the way it is, it's just gonna be, those stuff. It's going to get into other places that aren't just, like, fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it goes. Because, yeah, I mean, that's what the music, I, White Light, White Heat. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't even compare myself to that, but, you know, just reading about it. What a good album. Absolutely, yeah. I just got, I bought that Velvet Underground vinyl box they released recently, the numbered one. Awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I, would, I don't have that. I would. I would like to have it. <laughs> well, I, 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 I could get it. <laughs> I got fucking records. <clears throat> if you're ever in Guelph, I'll, I'll let you look at it. How about that? I like that name, yeah. Guelph. Is it G U E L P H? That's correct. Yeah, that's right. I wonder if that's a Scrabble word. That's a Scrabble word right there. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to. I want to wrap this up. I appreciate all the time today, uh, but I, I do want to. I'm sure you have things to do, and I I, I want to ask you a couple more questions. Um, yeah. Among the things I want to ask you about is uh, pavement stuff. Actually, there was this murmuring about a 2019 reunion talk, talk, and I spoke with Scott about it, and I've spoken with Bob and Steve, and as mm-hmm. usual, they sort of suggest it's kind of kind of up to you. Uh, what was your feeling on this talk? Is it possible? 2019. That's next year. No, that's not happening. Oh. Next year. Okay. Um, it's not possible. It's not possible. <laughs> um, yeah, because like, yeah, this is happening. I mean, we're gonna carry this through 2019, and I got some other things that might be coming out. So, I, you know, maybe the the band will play again. Uh, huh. I don't know. You know, we could play. 
we could play again, but it has. There's not been like any talk with booking agents. Or, you'd have to do that already to get good uh, good spots. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't done. We haven't. We haven't thought about that. It's. I. I mean, if the if it's really like people are like so into it, I could see it happening. But I haven't. I haven't talked to anybody about like what. I'm just imagining, like in a fantasy world or something, that if if the band was like really, people were just like so into it, I would consider it, I guess. But I haven't like gotten that feeling. It seems like it would just be like another '90s reunion or something. And so, you know, if it could somehow transcend that, I I guess I would uh, listen to the potential but <laughs> to me i i just think this is today and i'm doing something while you know i got the jix album is like awesome i think is or whatever people like that and and we can that's what i want to do so that's my heart is in that that's totally that's totally fair, and I, I think that's understood as well. I I have to say, so I, I've talked to Bob a few times. I've talked to Scott mm-hmm. and Steve now. I'm just curious about because, and I've talked to lots of bands. I interview bands all the time. Sometimes the bands get along well. Sometimes they've splintered off to do other things and they reconvene. You're the figurehead of pavement for a lot of people. How do you feel about the fact that band members kind of deliberate about these things publicly? I just I I find it curious. And I'm friendly with those guys, but I always find it kind of fascinating. It seems deliberate. I can't quite figure it out. How do you feel about it? I think they're just being open and honest about what they what they feel. And, you know, people ask them questions and they answer. Yeah. You know, they're not, like, uh, guarded. I don't, any, no one is in our band, so it's not a – I mean – I know some people in the group would like to do a reunion because it sounds fun and they want to rock. <laughs> and then like and you know they're proud of what we did and want to do it again and like uh also they you know gave their t- best years of their lives to doing that. And I I can see that. Yeah. So I just think they just just chatting about it, and who knows? Maybe they also have you know their friends or cohorts or like you know come on you got to do this you know like we're psyched. <laughs> so I, I can see I but you know I have a perspective of you know I have my family here I got. The, the jicks who I hang out with and like actually play music with. And so like I have a diff, you know, I'm in a different space, I guess, or something. Yeah. Yeah. My space is like different and, and, um, I don't know. It's cool. I mean, yeah. I think it, it is what it is. I, I, I don't expect a, a solid answer and I appreciate your candor with, with the question, frankly. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, reunions are fun. It's definitely fun. When we did it last time, it was rewarding to see 
to play those songs and connect with people and and um and it just yeah but to to me to go back and and do that now just doesn't feel right to me so i don't know like to uh i know a lot of people a lot of bands dig it and and they just it's what works to to go back <laughs> no and it's <laughs> it's a rich a ridge original thing and there's not that's totally cool yeah Di- dinosaur junior the breeders bands from, i'm just talking 90s bands you know it's going great for them i guess the breeders never really stopped though. no no they didn't no no and we'll be seeing them out on the road i like seeing them live yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them again myself. Um, one of the things that I'm excited about with Sparkle Heart is the prospect that you might be appearing on uh, television programs because I will tell you, Stephen, that sometimes I get into these YouTube wormholes where I'll just watch Pavement on and, and the Jicks on Letterman <laughs> or The Tonight Show or Conan. I love it. I just love it. I, yeah. can't, I can't stop. Do you have like a, a personal highlight? Do you? I know those are long production days for the bands, and I don't think a lot of people realize that you're there at 8 in the morning to set up, and then you don't play till 4.30 in the afternoon or whatever, but do you enjoy yeah. that uh, that whole thing? <laughs> like kind of nervous. When we first started with Pavement, when we did it, you know, I was definitely kind of like not into it and want sort of wanted to be a punk about it. And, you know, my idea of a good performance was like a non-performance or <laughs> uh, kind of like the Sex Pistols on uh, TV. or You know, that that was where I thought a young person should be on, on television, should be, you know, against. And eventually, as time went on, you know, I was like, well, you know, we should actually try to look good and... and uh, play like we mean it a little bit, you know, and shit like, stuff like that. So, um, well, like I'll, I'll tell you my perspective on it. The, the, the tonight show with cut your hair, you, you look like you don't give a crap. And then even with Conan, you're a little standoffish when you guys played stereo, which was very memorable for me. I, I videotaped it on a VHS tape, showed it to all my friends. I'm like, this is amazing. But then I remember distinctly watching the jicks on Letterman and he liked you. He really liked your band and I could see you yeah. melt a little bit with Letterman. Is that fair? Did, did he mean more to you maybe than some of the other guys? Not the individual guys. I mean, but Letterman, I guess, you know, if you were to be honest, I mean, yeah, he was in the 80s and stuff. He was the man, you know, he was very funny. He was on his game. You know, he had hilarious guests on there. Like uh, Chris, uh, whatever his name is, a crazy Chris. Uh, Elliot? Chris Elliot. Yeah, yeah Chris Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Uh, <laughs> Cabin Boy, that, that, shit, that movie's really good. Cabin Boy uh, is a classic, yes, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he, I certainly, you know, he actually had us, when he was already quitting... Uh, we played on there, Houston, Haiti. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable there. performance, unbelievable. He didn't have to have us on there. We were not popular, and his booking age, whoever his bookers were, just kind of threw us a bone. Sometimes you get thrown a bone, you know, like you get to be on stuff when you don't have the uh, digital sales or anything, which is kind of nice. 
<laughs> so is uh, there is there plan are there plans afoot at this point? Do you think you might be doing some TV? Man, I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. I mean, we don't at this point. We're, like our, um, it's hard to say if we have the numbers to really. It's so data driven, and mm-hmm. who knows if our thing appeals to eighteen to twenty seven year old males that buy like Axe body spray or something or whatever's advertised on there. So like, I'm not sure. I, 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 I I know that there was like Conan O'Brien said he does not want us. And I think it just, sometimes it depends on the person who's booking it. The guy that books Jimmy Fallon, he's not there anymore. The guy that liked us. Um, cause I saw him at, uh, at uh, the radio show taping. And so I was like, well, we're probably not going to be on that show then. <laughs> it depends. I don't know, you know. I think it changes who the booking person is, what your your vibe is. Um, we're not against doing it, although you have to fly usually out to New York. And it is a, a bit of a effort, no doubt. Well, I hope it happens because, like I say, I, I enjoy it immensely whenever you're on, on television <laughs> playing music. Well, thanks. So I'll, I'm not averse to it. Um, the songs on Sparkle Heart are pretty easy to play, the ones we would be playing, mm-hmm. which is also nice. Um, so I'm not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad you have no fear. That's an important aspect of this. Uh, so yeah. this record's uh, fantastic. Sparkle Heart is, is great. And there's touring coming up, and I know you've already sold out uh, – at least Toronto, and 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 I, I imagine the shows are selling well. Do you have a sense? Lee's Palace. Lee's Palace, absolutely. Again, back at Lee's Palace. <laughs> you you have a preference for Lee's Palace? I don't know, man. I mean, it's. <laughs> I don't. I can't. I mean, it's probably a place where you can see a, a good gig. You know, like the. It's great. It's I, I like it. So I, I I think it's good for the audience. It's not like I want to play in the uh in a giant place but sometimes you're like a little like uh i'm going back to the <laughs> punk rock venue or whatever but that's it's that's the life the last uh, lee's palace show was fantastic and i i still have very fond memories of the time you played uh the phoenix in toronto i don't know if you remember that show mm, the jicks or pavement well i saw the pavement show i remember i i brought that up on the on the documentary actually because mm-hmm. i remember there was a lot of cool keith stuff happening on stage from bob <laughs> cool keith from uh Dr. Octagon and and, uh, Black Elvis kind of stuff, Earth People. Like, he would just stick that in in various places, I remember. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I saw the Jicks there as well, and it was fantastic. Yeah, man. I I like playing in Canada, there's no doubt. I mean, Montreal's a very interesting place, always. Mm -hmm. And Vancouver's basically Portland, so... (laughs) So, so beyond the touring activity and this record, do you have your sights on the future beyond all of that? Do you know what's sort of next? Well, in the future, uh, just touring on this. And like I said, I, I've got some other musical avenues, jicks related that I'm working on that might jump on the back of this record eventually. I'm, I'm still working on it. And uh, there's that. There's my cousin's getting married in the summer. I'm going to that. So there's yeah. congratulations. 
Yeah, my, you know, my, we might move to LA if my wife gets this job. Oh, that's a thing, hmm. but she might not get it. Um, there's, you know, high school for my just stuff like that. Yeah. Your your wife is an artist, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, she's an artist. Her name's Jessica Hutchins. She's a visual artist. She makes sculptures. She's genius, of course. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a coincidence because my wife is also a genius, if I might say. <laughs> you you know it. You know it's true. <laughs> Well, it's all it's all very exciting. Where do you want people to, who are listening to this on the internet to go to learn more about the Jicks at this point? Oh man, I don't know. You know, we're just go on the internet right now if you're interested. There's tons of stuff on the internet. <laughs> you know, I'm on the Twitter. We got we we're covering all forms. I think that's the only place. Talk to your friends. Convince them. <laughs> convince them that you know we're better than the national or something. <laughs> <laughs> or you can like both of us. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, just, just uh, um, look up my name. You can find out stuff. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, video stuff. My friend Brooks doing that's coming out soon too. Like uh, cryptic videos and trailers and stuff. There's lots, and hopefully, yeah, buy the album because we we need that because we can't just survive on spotify and air you know it's not gonna yeah i i i've pre-ordered the record already i i think people should order this record it's fantastic and you can learn more about it at uh, matadorrecords.com too i think right that's true that's right we're on matador there's a lot of good stuff on there too for you to check out not only us yeah a lot of cool artists. Absolutely. Okay, well, Stephen, is there a single song from Sparkle Hard that I can play for people right now so they can get a sense of the record? Well, there's been three that have been dropped for free. And uh, so you could play any of those. Or you can play, like, uh, the one, the Kite one's pretty good, I think, or Solid Silk. I think every song except for Breath Brethren is, like, good um, <laughs> you're not a fan of the brethren song are you <laughs> well i don't know i, I think it, it's not as good as i thought it was but it's you always need a song on the seventh song on side two it, it's it's destined to be the not as good one i think so that's it's the way it goes it's a very meta song about i think uh pop music maybe brethren yeah. it's about bro culture and uh data and that's uh, good. Incels. <laughs> yeah, it is scary. Thanks for bringing that up. I, I didn't want to dig too deep. Yeah, it's a scary time, but we're going to go out on a on a bright note here, I that's think. That's right. Because that's the only thing we can do. And we talked about Middle America. We talked about Refute. Why don't we play do Refute? Do it. Let's do that. Okay, this is... This, on there. Yeah, that's right. Kim Gordon. This song features Kim Gordon. This is uh, Stephen Malcolmus and the Jicks from their excellent new record, Sparkle Hard, song called Refute. Stephen, uh, an immense honor and pleasure to have you on the show again, and I thank you for your time, and best of luck with everything. Thank you, Vish. <laughs>
a verse about a man who dared to fall head over heels for a woman who shared similar interests, similar looks, similar tastes in similar books. Lost in the riddle of her sovereignish eyes, paint on lips and French knee highs. The world was telling him love is dead, but he's turning that logic on its head. Mary Special thanks to Stephen Malcolmus for appearing on this, the 392nd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on things like Spotify, YouTube, and Audio Boom. If you can't find any episodes that you're looking for because you heard about an old episode and you can't find it because it's not in your podcast platform for some reason, go to my website or, you know, while you're there, while you're at my website which, by the way, is vishkana.com. You can also sign up for my regularly scheduled uh, newsletter. You can learn more about me. It's all there on my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at vishcreative, or follow me, at vishkana. And you can also listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon, Eastern Standard Time, around the world at cfru.ca, or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM, if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. Uh, those donations really do 
keep the show going. So thank you. There's very few of them at the moment, but they mean the world to me. So uh, if you haven't already, please consider donating to patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again to everyone who uh, supports the show in kind or otherwise. Thanks too to Jim Guthrie for letting me use the uh, instrumental version of his song, The Rest Is Yet To Come, to end the show each week. That's what you're hearing right now in the background. And thanks to you. Thanks to you for listening to this episode and other episodes and supporting the show by telling your friends about it, downloading episodes, subscribing, all that stuff means the world. I will talk to you very, very soon. Goodbye for now. for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.